0: welcome to the king's table a podcast out of Hill church in boston where we seek to elevate the bible over opinion answering the questions you have i'm your host jonathan mosley today we have with us kelly hurt she's a missionary to haiti and she's founded the ministry grace so amazing today we are talking about how we can abide in jesus as we labor for god's kingdom to grow in difficult places enjoy Kelly, it is so great to have you on here. It's an honor. Thank you for making the time.
1: Well, Jonathan, thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege to always to get to talk to you and, and to know that this is uh, going out to your congregation and and um, a few folks maybe down the road um, just get to hear our story and and kind of our backstory, how we first met. So I'm really excited to just to get to talk today.
0: Yeah, you... Uh, you were pretty much the first person that uh, met Chelsea when she was engaged because we actually met in Haiti and then we got engaged in Haiti and it was literally like two or three days later after we got engaged, we, we we came to serve with you. And so you just have a really special place in our hearts and you have really shaped our lives in terms of how we think about living on mission in the day-to-day. So uh, yeah, thankful for your heart, for your ministry and would love for us to talk about that. You know, we we were just blown away when we were uh, uh, in Haiti serving with you just uh, from sunrise to sunset, the way that you spent your life pouring it out to others. And so I, I just want to start here. You know, uh, when Chelsea and I got married, uh, I engraved uh, in in her wedding band, on uh, the inside of it, Matthew 633. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you'll have it all that you need. And, uh, I, I feel Kelly, I know you wouldn't take this upon yourself, but we, we see that you actually, you do seek first the kingdom. Uh, and it's, it's a joy to watch. It's, it's convicting. It's encouraging. It's refreshing, uh, with that verse in mind, seeking first the kingdom, how did that lead you to Haiti and, and, and tell us a little bit about your ministry with that verse in, in mind. In mind. I love
1: that verse too. Um, so I, I think, oh gosh, you know, leading up to 633, Matthew 633, you know, it talks about the lilies of the field and and don't worry about, you know, the things of this world, the things that are so normal. I mean, we all think about what we're going to eat and what we're going to put on. I mean, you can't help that. I mean, that's, you, you do those things. But what it's saying is don't, you know, don't don't just let your mind just tarry there and don't let that be all that this life is about. And um, I think for me, I just, uh, you know, the, I, the Lord just just impressed, um, you know, at a time, you know, just a little over a decade ago, maybe, you know, 12, 13, 14 years ago, really he just was wooing me in a new way. Um, I have more for you. Uh, and there's, there's more I wanna show you. There's more that I have for you. There's more for that I have for you to do there's healing that needs to take place in in your life. And, you know, just kind of in a, a limited scope of worrying about what I wore and what I was going to put on the table, you know, each and every night wasn't, that wasn't, and not to say those are bad things, if that's what the Lord calls you to do, but he was just saying to me, I've got more for you and trust me in that. And a kind of a life verse for me, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight, and I think that if we just, if we take Matthew six thirty-three, if we take Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, if we take Isaiah 1:17, which is the foundational verse for our ministry, um, you know, and that, that deals with right before 17 to 16, it says stop doing wrong, well, we're all, you know, we all, we all start at doing wrong. That's, that's our starting place, each and every one of us. And then 17, you know, it says, stop doing wrong, learn to do right. You know, so it's something, there's a learning curve involved and, and, and then be the, be the one that, that, that is there for the oppressed, the widow, the orphan. And I think that if you take any of those scriptures and, and all the rest of scripture God is always inviting us into something more, that seeking him first, beyond you know, what the world has to offer, or the, you know, the, the punch in the clock, or whatever we think, if God calls us to punch a clock for, you know, for all of our, our working days, and, that, and we know that that's where he's called us, and that's our ministry, that's we, where we need to be, but, but you know, we don't just take a job, because yeah, we know we need to put dinner on the table you know, because God is always going to provide. 633 says, seek him first, and he will take care of those things, and that takes faith. that That takes some courage. That's, you know, that godly courage that he gives you, that desire that he gives you. If I take this step, Lord, you know, if I fall, if I fail, you still got me, you know. I might go flat on my face, you know, in front of the whole world, but you still got me. And I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna, you'll pick me up, you'll dust me off, you'll teach me a whole lot out of that, 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 you know, tumble to the ground, and and then you'll set me up again, and and whichever direction, whatever the path is that he's that he's marked out long before we were born, before mm-hmm. the beginning of of our lives, he had a plan, a path for us to follow. We think it's this neat little, you know, tidy path. And it's got little flowers on, you know, and it's all, it's all there. It's all marked out. And we have road signs and we know what's happening. You know, God's paths don't generally look like that, that, that I've ever been familiar with. And I just think that, that he's just, we have to believe what he says is true
0: Mm.
1: because what he says is true. And if we'll do that, that's all we have to do. We seek him. And he'll take care of it. He takes care of the rest.
0: Yeah, Kelly, uh, I know, I, I, want, I would love for you to share about Grace So Amazing and what you do in Haiti. And on top of that, ministry day in and day out there, you've seen some really heartbreaking things. Ministry, uh, I know, has gotten harder over the years for you, not easier. And I, I, think, about, I think about the way Paul describes his own ministry as he's going to places that have never heard the gospel before, he, he talks about it in 2 Corinthians 6.10. He says, I am sorrowful, yet I'm always rejoicing. You know, he, he sees the world from a different perspective. He, he, he knows the, the sin nature that's infected the entire world. Uh, his allegiance to Jesus has caused a lot of opposition and, and even beatings for him, and yet he can't stay down. He's so hopeful because of what Jesus has promised and he knows what his future is. And even in the sorrow, it's the rejoicing that's outweighing that sorrow. It's keeping him going. Uh, How does that look like for you in in Haiti? What's great so amazing? What's it doing? And and I know that you see that reality in Haiti, that that verse is a reality for you. And just talk to us about that, you know. How how do you see the sorrow of what's happening in Haiti, and how is your hope in Christ continuing to motivate, drive, sustain you as you're doing ministry there?
1: Mm, that's a cool question. Um, so, I think just that that oh, I think any developing nation, anytime we see um, abject poverty and and hunger, food insecurity. Um, you know, where, where you know, life is, can be relative chaos. I mean, there's, I, I never want to only focus on just the, the hardship of places like Haiti. So I hope at some point in talking, we can talk about, you know, the beautiful things that are also that, you know, that not just the things I've seen God do, but you know, that nation and the beauty of that nation and what God has been doing there all along. Um, Cause I don't want to overlook it, that part. But on the the hardship and the in the sorrow um, of what uh, the sorrow of of poverty of of in being co- in constant need and constant want in um, just you don't know what the next two hours are going to bring, let alone tomorrow or a year from now or five years from now. There's no you can't really you don't. It's difficult to plan to send your children to school this year or this week, you know. And let alone, what am I going to do? You know, do I have a college fund for them? I mean, we, they don't think like that. Like, you know, we tend to think. You know, am I building that? Am I am I directing them? Am I guiding my kids to to help them? You know, to help them develop in their character, in 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 their, um, you know, in the ways of the Lord. Am I leading them to the Lord? It's all survival. So much of it is just survival. And um, I think when you, you know, that part in scripture where, where Jesus, you know, said, looked around and he, he was just, he was so sad because they were just all lost. to just a, a lost sheep without a shepherd. And where even I, that is in scripture, you're, you're the pastor. You got to help me with that. Cause I've kind of forgotten, but you know, where he just, he he was, he was, that's another place where Jesus was sorrowful, you know, cause he looked around and, and, it was just, it was chaos and a mess and people were lost. And, you know, I, get, I always just, I look around the street sometimes and I, I get that visual of what Jesus must have felt like, you know, people just trying to, it's what do we do next? Where do you know, how how do we, you know, where do we get bread? You know, how do we, where do, where do we go to get water? And I think about that when when you see that day after day after day, you know, people talk about like compassion fatigue and things like that. You know, you can just, it, 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 it becomes weary to the point where you just, it's, you, there are times you want to just sort of push back from that, I think, um, you know, because how much can you take, you think? How, how much heartbreak and heartache can you t- take? And yet, when we stay in that place and when we keep pushing forward and we keep saying, Lord, what do you have? It's not always bread on the table for somebody. But it's somebody's heart changed that leads to something else that leads to something else that eventually is food is bread on the table you know that transfer that real transformation so like when you work in 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 developing nations we we so often think about food clothing education those physical meeting the physical needs and part of what grace so amazing does is meet physical needs but being very careful not to get ca- so caught up in that the tyranny of the urgent that we're not saying lord you know what is your plan sorry about that. um what is your plan you know for this person and i don't know who said it you you maybe remember this it's like you can't rob somebody from their bottom because it's at the bottom where you know the lord shows up you know and if we just rescue okay somebody needs this we rescue somebody you know needs that we provide you know, and and it can be Haiti. It can be America. It can be our children, our very own children. You know, we we bail them out of trouble. Sometimes we we prevent them from reaching that bottom that God needs to. You know, they they need to bottom out. Uh, you know, to be be um, in a place to listen, and respond to to you know um, his call, his his, um, you know what he wants to do. In their lives, in in our lives, and so we have to be careful that we don't rob people. You know, they may be in hard places, really hard places. You know, physically, um, financially, uh, might be food insecurity. It might be lack of education for their children. It might be crop loss. There are so many different things day to day. I mean, that's the heart of where we work in those just really impoverished areas and yet we can't just determine, okay, you know, we got to, we got to go, you know, correct all the food, you know, all the issues with food, or all the issues with education. I mean, we really have to be um, in tune with the Holy Spirit And okay, what do you have for this person, Lord? You know, what is our part to play? So I think following him in, you know, in, and he's the one, you know, he brings the knock to the door, and then he's the one that opens the door, you know, and, and sometimes it's a sure we can help you do this and you know it's nice to meet you and we're going to be praying for you we want to know the name of you know your family and everybody in need and we'll we'll be there in in that capacity and other times he wants us there's you know more of a commitment long-term commitment where he has us walking alongside people and so I don't know if any of that even made sense but I think that, that it's, we can't just say, well, what we do is we're not, we're not, you know, food aid. We're not, you know, we're not education. We're not, you know, child rescue we're we do those things, but that that's not the heart of our ministry. The heart of ministry, the ministry is his grace in, in somebody else's life, in our lives. And, and what that looks like changes, you know, from person to person, just like, you know, what it, how, how, what he's got for you, And how he's working in your life doesn't look the same as he's working in my life or he doesn't have the same thing you know he's called me to someplace else and he's called you to here and and you've got a backstory and you've got history and you've got family and all all of those things that he uses you know for his own glory and and we're and when we rob somebody at their bottom we're also robbing god of his own glory you know it belongs to him. And so we can't, it's not up to us to say, you know, we, we educate, we food, we uh, feed, we, you know, we clothe X number of, of people per year. And that's our, you know, that's our, our bar. That's the goal that we set. No, it's just um, to be open and willing to, to wherever he leads us. And sometimes it's a crazy mountain, the very highest peak in Haiti. We took a trip. Um, in in May, I think of this last year, um, the very highest point, Mount La- LaSalle, um, I think I said that right, is the very highest point of ha- in Haiti for one woman, one family to deliver food. And I was like, Lord, what are we doing here? And it was around and around and bump. One way was 12 hours
0: wow, for
1: one woman. And I'm, you know, I didn't set it up. I didn't, I just said, okay, I think the Lord's calling us to do it because he was just lighting it up. And I I couldn't say no to any of it. And I, on the trip, I was thinking this is crazy, but you know, um, what he was doing in her life and is continuing to do as a result of that trip is eternal. So who am I to argue?
0: Yeah. Kelly, I I love some of the things that you're saying because you know, uh, as you're thinking about going down to Haiti and starting Grace So Amazing, uh, uh, it, it you're allowing God to give it its shape every single day. It it, it it can it can look one way one month, and then it can look another way a year from now because it's it's. As I hear your, as I hear you talking, it's like Lord, this is this is your thing. It's your ministry, and so you just here it is. We offer it back up to you, and you you can shape it however you want. And the other thing is, uh, as, as I'm thinking about staying rejoicing in the midst of seeing things that are difficult, it's it's constantly asking the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to love the person that you've just put in front of me? Because I think if we if we have our own expectations of how we want things to go, and then they're not met, then we just we just get frustrated. Or if we have like our own timeline for how we want things to unfold, then we can even become bitter with God. Instead, instead, of what I'm hearing from you, it's it's this spirit led every day. I wake up, God, here I am. I love that prayer in Scripture. The prophets prayed all the time. God is speaking. They say, "Here I am," and you you tell me what you'd like me to do. And in that way, we stay in connection with the Holy Spirit. And when we're spirit led, uh, God is always going to fill us up to be poured out. But He'll never leave us empty if we're staying abiding in the father's love and so i I just love the way you said that and so we can be in difficult places and yet still be filled with joy because of that abiding with christ uh kelly ministry in in haiti means you're gone a lot i I think that you're uh, you're you live in franklin tennessee yes yeah. What a, uh, what a, it's a beautiful place. Chelsea and I spent our honeymoon in Nashville and we uh, went to come see you actually in Franklin. You took us to a coffee place, which we loved. And then you got us a blanket that we still have, uh, as a, as a, as That was a, yeah.
1: Fred. You know, he picked that out. I yeah.
0: That was- I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. So we still have that. Uh, we loved our visit to you, but, but so you live in Franklin, you're, you're gone to Haiti all the time. And, uh, and you founded this ministry in Haiti and your husband loves and supports all this ministry and he's in Tennessee. And, uh, I, I remember me and Chelsea talking about this a lot. It had a, had a big impact on us because I think you guys embody what I, uh, what I read about first Corinthians seven twenty nine. it's Paul talking. And he's saying, uh, he's saying what I'm saying, brothers is that the time is short from now on, those who have wives should live as if they have had none. <laughs> and uh, that, I think that concept of wait a second—I'm married, but live as if I don't have a wife. Now he's not saying break your covenantal commitment. He's not saying don't pursue intimacy. He's not saying don't pursue connection. He's saying he's saying the the the, the mindset that we can have in marriage is you know friendship, which we should have, obviously lover to one another which we should have companionship but we all we often miss a component of marriage which is a a co-laborer for the kingdom god's given us a fellow soldier to push god's mission forward and he paul saying the time is short live on mission and uh and and you guys you and fred have just embodied that so well where you're gone a lot, he's staying back, but but he's supporting you and loving you, and he's he's helping make things happen in so many different ways, and and so um, you know what's interesting? I read this phrase. It was Jonathan Edwards and his wife, and they called their marriage an uncommon union, an uncommon union, and I love that. I love that phrase, and I feel like when I look at you and Fred there 's this uncommon union, but Jesus is the rock solid foundation, and he 's the center of everything and so uh, talk to us about that decision How, you know when you came to that decision of grace so amazing, wanting to spend a lot of your time in Haiti, Fred would stay in Franklin, Tennessee, you know keeping that that marital connection strong, but also being on mission. Just talk to us a little bit about that that 's so unAmerican, but yet I find it so intriguing and, and even. You know, there's there's this just radical uh, Christ-centeredness to it that I'm just I'm brought into. So, so talk to us about that.
1: Hmm. Um, well, you know how God is always from the the very beginning of, of our lives. He's He's molding and shaping, and every circumstance and every relationship and all of those things build are building towards you know, whatever he's called you to or whatever he has for you. And, and he uses all of it, the, you know, the good and the bad, the, you know, the, the really hard things that, you know, he uses all of that. And um, so my growing up um, with a, um, a cowboy father, a tough, a tough, tough guy, real tough, you know, um, that made me tough. And um pretty independent and all of those things. And yet when I, I met my husband and married my husband, he was he was like the most gentle human being I ever met in my life. And so so unlike, you know, I love my brothers, I love my father, and all of all of those influences in my life, but he was so unlike them and gentle and and um, he could could just say so much with so so few words. <laughs> and I, you know, that's the joke is Fred doesn't have a whole lot of words and I'm the opposite. Um, but anyway, um, he was just gentle and quiet and reassuring so much. And, you know, like, I think we could, you know, just, I see Jesus in my husband, you know, probably more than any other man. And it's not because he's out you know he's he's not preaching hard at anybody. It's just in who he is, in in his compassion, in his love, in his gentleness. His strength is in his is almost utter silence at times, and um and also his just his encouragement and love and support unconditional, you know, um, and always being able to to withhold those things that maybe sometimes he wants to say, Kelly, you know, but he'll wait and he'll, you know, he'll give give me time to just, you know, think it through and, and then come back to him and say, well, you know, I kind of made a mistake or, uh, you know, I, you know, I kind of jumped the gun on something and, 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 you know, he knows, <laughs> but he's really, he's so patient with me. And, um and that was, I mean, just even in our early marriage and it, you know, boy, we made all my kinds of mistakes. And I, I, I can say I owned the, the, the greater weight, the greater portion of the mistakes that were made in our marriage early on. And just learning, um, just being, I was a real hard head at, you know, one point in my, I still am. There's the truth. Um, and re- just and that, I take that back to just to kind of how I was raised, not as an excuse, but God using those things. And he's used all of this and, um, and a little bit fearless and, and, you know, courage that, you know, sometimes needs to be contained, um, you know, and let's think that through one more time, Kelly. And if you still feel that way tomorrow, we're in a week and you're, you're really sure that, that the Lord's, you know, saying that, then then, okay, let's see what that looks like. But, you know, there's a good chance you're going to feel differently about it tomorrow or next week. He'll, he'll tell me, so just, just hang tight, he'll say, and, um, or something like that. But when I first went to Haiti, I just, I didn't go down with a great, you know, I, with, I had nothing in mind other than to take a trip down, you know, and it was, it wasn't a real big, um, you know, I don't, I mean, yes, did I pray about it? Yes. It's like, you know, the Lord, you know, opened the doors and made it possible for me to go. However, I don't think it was like, I know that the Lord's got something for me in Haiti and and it was never that that's not how I ended up there the first time, which is how God works. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, he just, you know, it's just you go here and I'll deal with you when you get there, you know, that's kind of how the Lord works. Well, mm-hmm. That that was the beginning of Haiti for me. And 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 I got there and I knew that the Lord had something. I, I didn't know before I went, but when I got there, he made it so abundantly clear. And it wasn't an emotional, oh, this place and these people. And I, you know, I've heard missionary stories like that. It wasn't that. It was just, it was this really solid, the Holy Spirit was just saying, you 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 touch this ground, you land here, you put your foot down on it and you keep walking here because because I've got a plan. And it was just, it was solid in my heart, in my mind that, that the Lord, and he just kept repeating it in different ways. Um, and so a time came after pretty close to a year of being down there. Um, we had a situation with some children um, that were in a very dangerous um, situation. And Fred was at home, of course, back here in Franklin. And I was beside myself. And I, I felt like everything was just, I was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to move forward. And I got on the phone and I started just to kind of cry. And I said, I just, what do I do? He said, you know what to do. You don't leave the kids, Kelly, and you don't leave those kids. And that gave me the courage um, and, and the direction, the directive, you, you just stay put, you do what you're doing. And that was the, that was sort of like the, um, for him and for me both at the same time, the green light, God's got a plan. There are kids that, that, you know, he wants to rescue out of, you know, just some really just horrific things, things that we can't even wrap our minds around. And he wanted to use me to, to, to be that person, you know, And he used all of that, that kind of crazy courage and that determination and that boldness and everything that, that, you know, kind of was generational and poured out onto me from my own dad, you know, he used a lot of those. And my dad was kind of like an orphan too growing up. And so I, I learned so many things about my dad and, and um, the heart of an orphan through my dad um, that I could, in time, you know, as, as you know, a, a, almost 50 years old, being able to, to minister to orphans because I understood the heart of an orphan through my own dad. Um, he had parents, but he was like an orphan. He grew up as an orphan for a long time, and uh, so for that, when Fred just gave, he said, "You know what to do. You stay with the kids." And that's our ministry revolves around children, and, and, and most of it. You know, I mean, we 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 uh, we minister to the elderly and to the handicap and to a, you know a lot of different. Uh, in a lot of different areas, but our primary focus is with children and orphans, abused, neglected, um, uh, slave ch- children, child slaves, which we have in Haiti still. So that's the that's um, encompasses most of our ministry, and I think how I was raised gave you know equipped me for that in so many ways. The you know the Lord just used all of a really a lot of hard things and and even with being a, a mom. I mean he used, you know, m- my own, you know, my my me being a mother to my own children in in understanding, you know, how do you walk along children, you know, alongside children? How do you just you just love like a mother? I mean that's that's where that was the stepping off point. And as a father said, you know, what does a father do? Father says, stay put, hold on, hold tight, hold your position. So, you know, it's, those are the things that, you know, Fred being here, one day in heaven we'll get to see, like, you know, he has the greater missional role, I feel like, Um, you know, because mine is in the work and and the day to day and that's whatever, but this is, you know, this, his part, part of it or portion of it is, you know, there's, nobody says, you know, oh, good work. Oh, I see what you're doing in ministry. Not that I'm looking for that, but, you know, when you're doing that, and I have, get to have conversations like this with you. You don't get that when you're just the guy behind the scenes, but, you know, he's, you know, he is, he's the rock in, in so much of what we do. And Grace So Amazing Ministries wouldn't, wouldn't exist today if, you know, Fred Hurt didn't say, you know what to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Even though there's this physical separation, there's this uncommon togetherness for God's mission. That's uh, that's what I, that's what I see you when I when I look at you and Fred. Uh, so encouraged by it, uh, Kelly. We we can see fruit in hard places when we abide in Christ, and I know God has worked some in some incredible ways through Grace. So amazing. You could probably probably tell me story after story after story. To, to, to someone listening, how would you encourage them to abide in Jesus and make themselves available to god hmm.
1: well uh, we were talking about the the two women missionaries just before we started this conversation um, Elizabeth Elliot and uh, Lila trotter two women women missionaries from um, from earlier in in um, Lilas Trotter, late 1800s, early 1900s, and then, of course, Elizabeth Elliott, who just passed away not, not so many years ago. Um, and fruit in ministry, fruit on the mission field, doesn't look like I think we want it to look like. Um, because if we look at mission organizations, you know, um, I, being um, Westerners, we set goals, for ourselves that don't generally meet up with, you know, really God's goals or plans or uh, for, for us or for others. Um, one of the things that was said about Lila Strotter in, 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 on the mission field in India, I think it was, yeah, India, she was not successful. The end of her ministry came, she died there, and they said basically nobody could see the fruit. And yet there was this group of women and children whose lives were forever changed Mm -hmm. and in her her, uh, eternally changed. So who am I to say if, you know, or who or any of us to say, if God puts us on the mission field to to minister to one family or to one teeny tiny community, or if it's thousands upon thousands of people, you know, that he has us stand before Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, if that's what God has called us to. We can't argue with whatever, he's, whatever that is, whether it's one, if the fruit is one, one person, one family, one small community, when that's eternal, that's, there's, there is no greater fruit, and we can't judge eternal fruit on this side, mm-hmm. and same way with Elizabeth Elliot. I mean, think about her husband. I mean, nobody thought that was a fruitful ministry when they all just, you know, they died. Mm -hmm. the first day so you know to go back to go back into something like that and to live your life out um we can in her ministry we definitely can look back and see much fruitfulness but if we just if we you know if we think back to you know to to jim and to the to the rest of that group you know if we're judging it from that perspective well that's an epic fail who would go back but we can't, and that's, we can't, we can't say, okay, if we've had failure, if somebody's died on the mission field, or if, if we look back after all of our years, and we say, we can't really, we, you know, it wasn't a success, you know, that isn't for us to say, as long as we know we're doing, you know, we're going, and we're doing what God has called us to do, and that's, you know, I, I just want to say, that's not easy, and I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, hustle over to where you believe God's got you and just, you know, just go for it. You, we make mistakes in those things. And, and I think the Lord has used all of my mistakes to teach me, to refine me, to, um, to, to grow my need for him more and more told you that I was just a real, um, stubborn I'll just say stubborn person and um and and God had to work you know he's had to do a lot to refine that stubbornness and I'm so grateful that he has and that um I might be stubborn but I've, it's something that I deeply desire because I there's where you see the fruit and when you see fruit in your own life okay I see what the Lord is doing in my life I can trust he's going to do it for some in somebody else's life whatever it may look like But if he's called me to be a part of that, then that just cooperating, that's all he wants is he just wants us to cooperate, because he knows, you know, he knows everything, and we know nothing and who are we to argue, you know, with the creator and the sustainer of all things, and the true joy, even in sorrow, you know, the true abundance even in times of of where we think we're, you know, we may be lacking or, or we may not have the answers. Um, We may feel like failures. He is at work and he's not forsaken. It's not for one second. He's doing so much more. And all of the greatest lessons of my life have been in the valleys. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm grateful for, for those. I wouldn't, um, I think we live in our Western culture where we think that, you know, God, as long as, as financially we're stable, you know, things are, things are going well, seemingly well, materially well for us, God is blessing us. When I think that a lot of times it's the opposite, you know, we get blessed when he brings us through those hard places. You know, those, the lessons that are, again, you know, if we, if our goal is to look like Christ, by the time we meet him face to face, we all have so much work to do and all we can do is cooperate all we can do is say okay lord you know and i don't and and we he takes all of our failures he takes our stubbornness he takes our pride he you know if we're willing you know we lay those before him and that's laying those things before him daily sometimes for your whole lifetime i tend to be stubborn i tend to be you know a lot of things and and the lord is you know but Over time, as you walk with the Lord for years upon years, you know you you're stubborn or you say things you shouldn't, and he's you know you get that correction, and it doesn't have to be the big smackdown, you know, forever, you know, you know he it gets more gentle, you know, and and you know he brings us back on track. He he, again he picks us up, dusts us off, cleans us off, you know, puts us back on that path, and and I think for if we're t- if people listening, don't be afraid. You know, if you, if you know, the, the, the word says that if you hear his voice today, you know, don't, you don't put it off. Don't turn against like they did in the day of the rebellion, people being rebellious. It's the, you know, that's, that's our, that's the big failure of, of man is that we're rebellious and it will be our eternal failure, rebellion. It, when We know that. But it's just if we just will cooperate with God and just say, "I trust what you have for me is better than what I could create for myself." And when you fall down enough times, well, like I feel like I have in my life, I, I, you know, it's it gets pretty clear. And um, I think if you know if you life feels like you know a, a twisted up mess for somebody, and they just think I, you know, I. None of, life doesn't make sense, or I don't know what direction the Lord is leading me, just, you know, get quiet and just listen to what he has to say. And don't think you know what he wants. You know, I, I couldn't have predicted Haiti. There's no way. There's no way. Just, you know, and he'll he'll open the doors. He'll make the, you know, he'll make a way where there looks like there's no way. And he has that for everybody. God doesn't, you know, He loves everybody best. My my ninety year old neighbor says, "I know God loves me best." I'm like, you know what? I think He does too, but He loves me best too. He, you know, and what He loves about us is when we're willing to just say, He loves everything about us. But you know, He loves that we're just willing to say, "I don't know, I don't have it, I'm a failure, I make mistakes." I'm, I'm, I'm whatever I, be honest. I mean, people, I think that's the problem with our world today. Everybody, you know, we think that we can be perfect. You can't be perfect and I can't be perfect. We know what the word says, but people still strive for this crazy kind of, like, you know, fitting into a perfect box, a perfect job in a perfect family. And, you know, perfect doesn't exist, but abundance exists in Christ. And that's far better than you know this crazy you know man made perfection that we you know and we see what that's done to the world, you know, a lot of miserable people.
0: Yeah, Elliot, as I'm as I'm hearing you answer that question, how, how do we abide in Christ? Make ourselves available to God. I I think what I what I'm hearing from you is we have to look to Christ first, just constantly looking to Him, constantly opening his word and and seeing Christ in the scriptures. And then you said this so many times, listening, listening to what His spirit wants to speak to us so that we can be used and that God can work through us. But it's the looking to Christ. It's the the listening to what he has said. And that's when we can use that phrase, walk with the Lord. And, And that's what I desire for our listeners is that they would look to Christ, not to, Everything else in this world, so many things trying to get our attention, but also that they would actually have margin in their lives. You mentioned just being alone with the Lord, just being alone, getting away, having a Bible in hand, and just saying lord, would you would you speak to me in listening yeah. uh, well, Callie, you can do it
1: without fail if anybody you know anybody listening if you're listening right now and you doubt you doubt that he might have some, might not have something to say. You're wrong because he does, and he will, and he will be faithful. We just make ourselves available, and listen. Do you, I want to say one one last thing? And and this is a, a picture in my mind I'll never forget. When we picked you up at the airport the very first time I met you, I didn't know what you looked like but there was this guy sitting against the chain link fence with his Bible wide open and a pillow prop, you know, do you, you remember this? <laughs> I do. You had your pillow that you probably had all over, all over the ground in Haiti, I don't know. Propped, You were propped up against the chain link fence at the airport with your Bible wide open and I knew immediately that you were the person I was looking for. Um, and, and that is, you know, you might have 30 minutes, you know, sitting on the on the train, or you might, you know, it might be lunchtime, you know, and it's the choices we make, it's like, what's more important? Is it, you know, talking about the, you know, the guy in the cubicle next, you know, or the, you know, the family member or the, you know, the person down the street gossiping about that, or just getting away with the Lord. And, and you know, if we just make those choices, those are, the, those are the things that we have control and power over, just how do we want to use our time? you know and get along with the lord and listen to what he's got to say he always has something to say
0: Always. yeah kelly thank you for blessing us just by uh by sharing your time today it is it's been an absolute joy just to have this conversation with you well i hope you enjoyed today's episode on abiding in jesus while doing ministry in difficult places If you'd like more information or resources from Kings Hill Church, you can visit our website at www.kingshillboston.com.